0: As part of her state of the state priorities outlined in January, Governor Kathy Hochul set a goal of planting 25 million trees in New York by 2033 with a prioritization of planting in urban areas to mitigate extreme heat. For more on the goal, including why it matters and how it can be realized, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Nika Sobers, Assistant Director of Product Development for the Urban Tech Hub at Cornell Tech's Jacob Institute. Welcome to the show, Nika.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: So the focus of planting trees is part of the state's so-called net zero goal. When we think about the benefit of trees, what do they actually do to, say, mitigate the carbon footprint of human activities?
1: The benefits of trees actually are across a few different scales. So the first would be in our cities, which are getting hotter and hotter over the years, Trees provide shade in that very hot summer day. Another benefit that trees have uh, in general in the face of climate change would be carbon sequestration, like being able to have trees take all of the carbon that's being produced in our our cities and increasing our air quality, um, reducing the amount of carbon in our atmosphere. This is also a really great benefit of trees, especially at a much larger scale. So in general, trees are really, really fundamental tools when it comes to mitigating the effect of climate change in our city.
0: Well, as New York embarks on this tree planting mission, what are some of the things that should factor into this long-term planning?
1: Governor Hochul's commitment to plant 23 million trees by 2033 is going to have great impact in New York, especially when it comes to mitigating the effects of climate change and deepening our state commitments to environmental justice. But when it comes to deciding on where all of those trees are going to go, That means that there will be 25 million decisions to be made on where to plant the next tree. So when thinking about that, do we want all of these trees to be located in one park? Do we want, you know, half of the trees to go to one city and the other half to go to the other city? Even if we zoom into a town or a city that has a million trees in it, where should those million trees go in that city? Should they go in the park, on the main street? So the reason why the decision on where to plant the next tree matters is we want to actually spread the benefits of of trees. So when thinking of the benefits of trees, there's, there's different impacts that the trees would have if they're all planted in one area versus if they're spread out. So being able to distribute the trees across communities especially communities that are in most need of the benefits of trees that's going to be really fundamental in in deciding where to plant the next tree you know you want to take into account like environmental things like is the soil going to be good so that that tree can grow to be healthy and give more shade Or make sure that the tree's not located near one of our utility lines, because we might have to cut it if it's interfering with, you know, lights or wires. But I think another kind of data that's often not considered when we think of trees or think of the benefits of trees would be community data. Like how would the community like to experience the
0: tree? Well, regarding that point, then, as New York embarks on this mission, is there merit to the idea that we should be soliciting input from organizations and individuals uh, around the state, including whether they want these trees?
1: New York City specifically, actually just a few months ago in, in October of 2023, There was a bill passed by city council to actually increase our tree canopy in New York City from 22 percent to 30 percent over the next few years. So there actually is at least a policy commitment of wanting to increase trees in New York City. A lot of this effort was done through a consortium of environmental and community groups called the Forest for All New York City Coalition. So a lot of these organizations that were part of this coalition, for example, New Yorkers for Parks, they do a lot of incredible work of actually meeting people where they are and engaging with community boards and and residents across the different New York City neighborhoods to understand what kind of open space or environmental needs those specific residents would like.
0: Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining the Capitol Press Room. We're speaking with Nika Sobers, Assistant Director of Product Development for the Urban Tech Hub at Cornell Tech's Jacobs Institute. So when I think about tree planting, I imagine that this involves digging a hole and putting a seedling or whatever the terminology is into the ground, maybe putting some rope around it so people know not to kick it over. But I have to imagine that my understanding is pretty basic and that it's probably a lot more complicated than that. So is this something that requires real specialization in terms of actually doing and is the work labor intensive? How demanding is this project going to be?
1: When it comes to actually getting to the day where you plant the tree in the ground, there's actually a whole process that happens before we even get to that stage. So firstly, it starts with trying to just identify and stitch together all of this different data to help us actually identify where we should plant that tree. So commonly, you know, I could speak for New York City, for example. New York City, their parks department has a tree census, which means that they employ volunteers or staff in New York parks department to count a subset of trees in public spaces in New York, and this is a data set that's maybe updated every 10 to 15 years, you have to identify where those trees are first. And, you know, this Parks Department, as at least using that tree census data as a way to to identify where trees currently exist there's actually a tool that my team is working on with the designer Across scales lab at cornell ithaca called Treefolio, where we're taking actually a very commonly used data set called lidar data and we're actually able to identify individual trees using lidar data so lidar data is something that a lot of cities Already have access to and use, but they haven't actually really used it to identify individual trees. It's commonly used to identify changes in roads over time or stormwater flow, Um, sometimes even vegetation, but usually like a whole forest, not an individual tree. So something that Treefolio, this tool, is trying to solve is being able to make it easier for cities to be able to identify individual trees more regularly and not having to necessarily wait 10 or 15 years to identify where trees already exist because we're planting way more trees than we could possibly count in, in a decade or so. Uh, so we're hoping that this tool can at least help fill that gap, that starting point a lot of cities have to have to go through when just identifying or taking stock of what trees we already have. And then once you are able to identify where all of your trees are, there's also a lots of other physical or built environmental data and community data you have to take into account. So when it comes to built environmental data, it's really important that the at least the departments within cities that are responsible for planting trees, like a parks department, they have to make sure that the trees could be planted so that it doesn't uh, get in the way of, of critical infrastructure in the cities, like certain wires or, or lights. We also want to take into account environmental data. as there soil that will be able to make or support this tree into growing into a tree that could provide the benefits of shade? And the third type of data, which is what I mentioned, community data, is taking into account what kind of trees the community would want in their area. Are the communities commonly reporting that there's not enough shade on some of the hottest streets that people are walking on in their neighborhood? So when you take into account Not only where the trees are, but all these other types of data, then you could be able to create a planting strategy around where we should plant different trees, depending on how much benefit they would have, and making sure that the community can be able to really experience the benefit of that tree.
0: And are there specific types of trees that are better situated for, say, an, an urban environment, or is the world our oyster when it comes to planting trees in, in, say, New York City? Can we put, you know, Christmas trees up along city streets and really create a, that ambiance uh, twelve months of the year?
1: So yeah, it's important that we don't try to have a mono species, like meaning that all the trees in a city are the same, to protect against. Uh, Diseases that might affect those trees. There's also been a big push uh, for lots of different parks departments to introduce more native species back into urban populations, Uh, especially in a state like New York. There's just so much diversity amongst indigenous types of trees. So there has been an emphasis on wanting to bring back more native tree species. Uh, Another thing, too, we have to consider with trees is that the shape of the tree canopy does provide very different benefits. If we have, you know, really tall, narrow trees like palm trees planted everywhere, they might look really nice. You might feel like you're, you know, in in another city like L.A., but they might not necessarily provide the same kind of covering from the sun as like a really tall, big, bushy tree. So trying to think of not only the tree and what it looks like, but really the canopy and the size or the quality of the canopy is going to be really important when it comes to thinking about the right tree for for mitigating what it feels like to be in a city that's increasingly becoming hot in the face of climate change.
0: Well, finally, it's my understanding that the state's plan to achieve this planting goal is to provide uh, annual grants to municipalities to support uh, reforestation as well as urban forests moving forward. But do you think there is a role for... Private entities, community groups, uh, nonprofits to get involved in, in the planting?
1: I think it's really important that communities, the people, the residents who are actually going to be experiencing um, these trees or receiving the benefits of trees, it's so important that they are actually really engaged in this process. You know, I think that there, like I mentioned before, there are lots of different community groups uh, like the Forest for All in New York City, um, specifically another group, New Yorkers for Parks, that does really great work uh, on being able to work with community boards and residents to understand their needs uh, for trees I think that we're going to need to support more organizations who are really on the ground and really understanding what communities would like and the kinds of um, needs that they have that trees could potentially um solve for. In addition to making sure that we're really understanding what communities' needs for trees are, I think it's really important that the state should also invest in tools uh, that can make sure that trees are planted to best address local needs and have the maximum impact. You know, I think the example like tree folio is really important. Being able to make digital tools that take data and are able to analyze the benefits of trees and individual trees in ways that we haven't done before with other types of data sets, it's going to be really helpful in making sure we're equipping tree stewards. So whether this is, you know, a parks department or uh, a nature conservancy or even a private entity that is responsible for planting trees, making sure that the people who are making decisions on where trees should go, they should definitely be provided with Uh, accurate, up-to-date data that explores the intersections of built environment, environmental, and community data when deciding on where to plant the next tree.
0: Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've been speaking with Nika Sobers. They're the Assistant Director of Product Development for the Urban Tech Hub at Cornell Tech's Jacobs Institute. Thank you so much for making the time, Nika.
1: Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts and if you listen to us from an apple device make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show